yeah, welcome to the Professoriate, the, the podcast in which uh, I talk to um, female professors and uh, professors that identify themselves as uh, women and who um, are really opening um, new paths and bringing down barriers and cracking up ceilings um, mm. to make this uh, academic world that we all share a much more inclusive, compassionate and exciting world. And today I am super excited and very, very honored to be sitting with uh, Luis Obusu Quarteng, which is our professor of applied sociology. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, fantastic to, to have you, Luis, because it's not just a celebration mm. of a new professor mm. in the university. It's a celebration of a new black professor yeah. in the university, in the country, in the world. And oh. this is something that is just not our own individual achievement, but mm. I think an achievement that um, just all of us should be absolutely proud of. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm really, really chuffed to be here today. So thank you so much for asking me. Thank you. Fantastic. Well, uh, Luis, um, as I normally start this podcast in my conversations with um, with other women professors, what are you working on at the moment? Tell us a little bit about your research and your very active uh, as well um, uh, role yeah. outside of research. Okay, so in terms of research, I am actually writing a paper about being in the rave culture um, back in the 1990s. I mean, it wasn't doing anything dodgy, but I just really love the music. So I'm doing that at the moment. Um, I've been asked to do a book chapter on educational experience. Um, I will also be part editing a journal Um uh, it's frontiers in sociology as well. So, um, yeah, so these are the three research projects I've got on at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got a couple of keynotes coming um, in the next couple of months and everything, and I better start actually writing them. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing those sorts of things. And um, I've just been doing... Um, undergraduate research, so judging global under, undergraduate research. So I've just finished the lot, the lot for this year. I guess I'll have to do some more next year, yeah. and that. So yeah, keeping my keeping my fingers yeah. busy. Yes, because yeah. <laughs> as you you uh, held the position of director of um, undergraduate research until very recently, and uh, and this is something that you've also to some extent pioneered in the UK because it it, it might be an experience that is more common in other countries in the US in particular mm. I think and um, but it's something that you have really brought to this uh, institution and developed so yeah yeah and do you know what it's, it was a lovely experience in a lot of ways as well I was really pleased when Mark o. Thomas who's our um our Proverse Chancellor was outgoing. But, you know, when he asked me to take this role and that sort of came on through some work that I'd been doing with students before. So I was asked to create um, a research environment for the REF, a student research. So, you know, I did, I think my first seminar was on Brexit and, you know, students' experiences of voting, living in an area where everybody had voted for breakfast. Brexit. <laughs> breakfast. Breakfast too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, well, they, they won't be getting any after Brexit, will they? Anyway, yeah. but, um, yeah. after yeah, after Brexit, so, you know, they, were, they all voted to remain, so they were talking about that. Then the next year we did stuff around student experience of undergrad, um, overseas and, you know, home students and how this compared. And then, you know, other than that, just doing more work around autobiography. So every year we had a conference um, 
we had a couple of sort of like anthologies. So from there, you know, Mark gave me that responsibility of just kind of like facilitating undergraduate research from across the faculty. And it was it was such a good experience because it was nice to work with staff, um, you know, help them to sort of like give their students I don't know, that that kind of free range to be able to work on a research project that they might not have even considered doing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, seeing them kind of raise their confidence in that. And, you know, I did speak to um, a couple of students that had done some of the conferences that we'd been. One student, I never forget her, you know, she... She had disabilities and, you know, her speech, there were some issues with her speech and she actually gave a presentation and the presentation, it was a lot of information, but it was really, really good. I mean, it really kind of like educated people that didn't know that much about, you know, education and stuff like that. So it's lovely to see students who may not have had the confidence or who have been told, you know, that they wouldn't be able to do anything, come out and present yeah. and, and you know, do the research that they never thought that they could do. And it helps them also in terms of their own academic support because they're using those skills to, you know, to help their learning. So, yeah, yeah. So, so in that sense, your work with undergraduates really brings in as well your interest in specific groups that have... Um, generally being excluded from yeah. the academic and the research environment and and not just, you know, materially, but also in terms of confidence and in terms yeah. of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because some of them, um, I'm, I mean, I'm just thinking of somebody that... I supervised last year his his dissertation, but like you know, I've had I've had my eye on him right from when he started his degree, and um, when he wrote his autobiography, he was sort of saying how when he was at school, he he had he had ADHD, but it wasn't diagnosed until much later. But you know, because he was displaying certain behaviours, the teachers didn't really want to know, so they made him put his hands hands on his head and face the wall. Oh, so that's what they did and stuff, and then you know they. They were telling him that, oh, he wasn't going to make it in life and whatever. Passed his A-levels, um, came to university. I mean, he started doing a history and sociology degree. Then he decided he wanted to do sociology. So I was being a devil. I'm, I'm a bit of a devil sometimes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I was just like saying, hey, Brad, yeah. you know, why don't you do... Mm, Come this way. You know, yeah. So like, I, you know, he ended up doing these yeah. things. We that, do that with the good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. With all of them yeah. are the good ones. Really. But I mean, Brad did, you know, he did, he did struggle and everything. But, you know, I said, oh, why don't you um you know why don't you present at this conference or what and then I gave him the challenge of the challenges because I made him um present in front of Jane oh Jane's our vice chancellor yeah yeah, yeah no pressure but yeah, um no anyway pressure. so and I wasn't there so I was like bye Brad but anyway he did it and he did a really really fantastic job I mean and then you know this year again people sort of saying to him oh don't go to university you're not going to get your degree I was so chuffed that he ended up with a 2-1. And, you know, I think for me, that's what makes this job mm. worthwhile because yeah. you're seeing students who are, you know, from marginalised groups, they may have disabilities, they may come from black and minority ethnic groups, you know, women, you know, mm. working class students, you know, students from, you know, a range of different sexualities, etc. And, you know, you see them and, and they've been kicked to the curb effectively and told that they can't do anything. And then when they come here and then they start doing something amazing, mm -hmm. that's why. And I think, yeah, you know what? 
Yeah. yeah. And you Good realize that, you know, the, the work that you do every day, which is mostly writing emails and, yeah, yeah. and, and missing deadlines, is actually has has some meaning and it, it is transformative. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I think to me, you do it. We all do it. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? We all do it because like we have that passion because we want yeah. our students to, to do well. But I think, I mean, I'm sure you find the same thing that... Mm-hmm when you see them and then they've got something that, you know, they didn't believe that they could ever get and other people have told them that they couldn't do it and then they've done it. I, don't you think that's the best feeling yeah, in the world? Yeah, that, that's really what what makes all this worth it. Mm. So talking about this, the you know, the autobiographical journey and mm. the uh, encouragement and coming from uh, maybe a position in which um, you didn't have as many role models um, or basically none yeah, yeah. <laughs> growing yeah. up. So... Um, Tell me a little bit about your your who who was important in this journey. Who empowered you, or who do you feel that uh, made made yourself think? You know what? I can be one of the few black female professors in this country. Okay, so I mean, I'd say a, a couple of people. So, okay, I think the first off, I mean, you know, like my family. Um, mm-hmm. So my grandmother. I, I always talk about my grandmother, and I'm going to try not to get emotional mm-hmm. here, but. Um, so I met my grandmother the first time when I was four, four and a half, five mm-hmm. and everything. And um, so she came to this country. She mm-hmm. came from Ghana. And if you imagine that she came from a very, very rural part of mm-hmm. Ghana. Um, and, you know, like when she came and stuff, it's just like me and her just clicked. We, we just clicked. I mean, yeah. she spoke tree. I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, she kind of she, she kind of taught me, but mm-hmm. I didn't understand. But we just clicked mm-hmm. anyway. But um, so, yeah. So when I went to Ghana, um, I think it was in 2008, sadly by this time she'd passed on mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I had a part of the autobi- a part of the autobiography called part of my PhD. I went to go and meet some of my family mm-hmm. um, in Ghana and stuff. Um, and, you know, as we do, you know, my, gra- my great uncle sat down, sat us all in the house, told us this story about, mm-hmm. you know, my ancestors and how they did this and how they did that. And then they start talking about my nun and how, you know, my nun said um, she she was illiterate. All of my mm-hmm. grandparents were illiterate. And um, she said to my mum and to her four brothers, because like my mum has a lot of siblings, but like, you know, for her, for my nan, there was five of them. She said, you know, you lot are all going to school because mm-hmm. I can't read, I can't write, I can't speak any English. So you're going to school, right? And I think that was absolutely groundbreaking because she wiped out illiteracy in a generation of our family. And also, I think the other thing as well is that at that time, girls, they didn't like sending girls to school Mm -hmm. and especially the part of Ghana that my mum, you know, she spent some of her time in. So they didn't like sending girls to school. But my grandma and my granddad, because my granddad was a chief, so nobody came to sort of like diss him and stuff. But anyway, um, she said they were just like, no, you're going to school. So they sent my mum to a boarding school Mm -hmm. and, you know, my mum became a girl guide. You know, Uh she became a girl (laughs) guide and, you know, my grandma was just saying, okay, you do this, you know, you join the um, choir. You know, she used the sort of social capital that she had to help Mm -hmm. my mum get to where Mm -hmm. she gets to. So get to so my mum you know again in her generation she was the first one to have a career so she was a midwife Mm -hmm. um when she came to this country so you know so 
my grandma, she's been really, really influential. And I just think that if she had not have just kind of said, you know, this has got to change, I don't know where I would have been because um, I've got a couple of cousins. This was a very interesting thing because Mm -hmm. like while my great uncle was telling us this story, my cousin, bless her, She's a, she was a year older than me and stuff, and she'd had lots of kids, which is fine. And the kids yeah. were really cute as well. Yeah. They're so cute, and I was just like chasing <laughs> them around and stuff. But anyway, but then, you know, my uncle was like, well, why aren't you married? Well, look at your cousin. She's got more kids. Yes. And I was just like, uncle, you know, yeah. I yeah. said to him in, in, my langu- in our language, I said, look, uncle, I'm sorry. But, you know, that's her life. But, yes. you know, my life is different. Yeah. And but your value as a woman was yeah. questioned because... You weren't producing some of the results that women are socially expected to. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, I, I, you know, on that thing, I'd failed. Um, but then, you know, like my mum, obviously, you know, she became a midwife and everything. And she was of that generation of the 60s. And, you know, when racism was just horrendous in this country. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember her telling me this story about when um, she was training and she was with this one with a more senior midwife and stuff. And the, the, there was a dog and the, the senior midwife let the dog sit in the back of, in the front of the car and made my mum sit at the back. Oh my God. So it's just them yeah. kind of little racist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're not little, but they're racist. Yeah. Mi- micro- Systematic microaggressions. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so that we don't know enough about. No, by the way, we don't. This we generation don't. hasn't talked about it. No, yeah, no we, so. we absolutely haven't. But, you know, it's those kind of things. And, you know, she she moved from she was in Coventry then she moved to Leicester, then she moved to Nottingham and stuff. Then she had my sister, my older brother and sister and stuff. So she, you know, in her very early 20s and she then, you know, mm-hmm. went on. She was an, um, a registered general nurse. Then she became a midwife. So like, you know, juggling that with two kids as yeah. well. So that is just absolutely amazing and yeah. stuff, you know. And then my dad as well. So my dad is... Um, you know, we didn't. I shouldn't say this on the podcast, but like we didn't always see eye to eye. But yeah. I think in some ways it's because we're a bit similar. Uh-huh. Um, so when we were kids, I mean, he used to have this very annoying saying, let your book be your friend. Oh. And it was just like, basically, <laughs> don't have any friends outside of the house. Yes. Just either, It should be just your books. Yeah. And when you're when you when you're hearing this as a kid, you're just like, oh, just shut yeah. up, man. Just, just, mm. Yeah. And then, just want like, to take the other road. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, the thing is, naturally, I'm not saying I was ever a bookish person. I was, you know, I did like my books, and I'll tell you about that in a bit. I did like yeah. it, but I didn't like to be forced, yeah. you know, and I was more creative than whatnot. So, um, you know, but he'd always say, and then, you know, as I was, Ghanaian and Nigerian parents do is just oh, look at this person you know they're getting all A's all that kind of pressure mm-hmm. and you're just like oh, can you just yeah. so anyway but like you know he really really sort of like instilled education and that's partly because when he came here he came here as a student but he didn't achieve what he wanted to achieve so mm-hmm. you know it was just like right okay so you know we're passing the baton on to you um you know, they sent us to Ghana school on a Saturday. So, like, we had um, a very good sense of who we were as a result mm. of that because I think a lot of second-generation British Africans yeah. kind of don't necessarily have that connection to mm-hmm. their identities and stuff. So, you know, we had that. Um, and, you know, he was always sort of talking about relatives back home who had done well. So in his way, um, it's a kind of, like, negative reinforcement. It's yes. frustrating, but yeah. it kind of, in a way, made us work. But then, anyway, when I told him, 
that I had become a professor. So like when I opened the door and I got my email and stuff like that and I screamed out of the window, shut it because I didn't want to get arrested. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so I rang them and stuff like that. And then like, you know, my dad just went quiet on the other end of the phone and stuff. And I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, like I've done it. And then he just, he was get, I think he was getting emotional. Mm-hmm. And if somebody, you know, like an old African men don't do tears. Yes. But... You know, my dad, he didn't do tears, but like, you know, you could tell he was choked and stuff. Yeah. And then he started saying, he started telling me, you know, like all these, this story about how um, back in the, so my older brother is 11 years older than me and my sister's eight. And, you know, back then there was O-levels and then there was CSEs and O-levels were the harder exams and that would get you into, do your A-levels and then on to university. But at that time they weren't allowing black kids to do them. Oh my God. Yeah, they were just not encouraged or prevented specifically. They're both, both, oh. because they were, you know, they had this idea about our abilities and, yeah. and stuff. They so do manner and labor. Yeah, and you know, my 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 dad just wasn't having that. And like, you know, my brother, and my sister are they are very very intelligent. So my dad had to get hold. He had to sort of like bring some big guns because he mm-hmm. went to the school and they weren't listening. Um, and then there was a quite a famous writer that used to live opposite the road, uh, across the road from us. So he had to go to him. He had to go to the bishop. He had to go to the council. He, you know, he had to go to all these people in order to sort of like get that change. So in the end, my my brother, my sister had to leave that school and they, they, oh, they went no. to college and stuff. Yeah. They've done all right for themselves. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But. Yeah, you know, my dad, and then a generation down, he had to do the same thing for me because mm-hmm. I was in a sixth form. To cut a long story short, but you know, I'd I'd started my A levels, and it just wasn't not that it wasn't clicking, but like you know, the transition. There's that transition. It's almost like going from the first to the second year of a degree, and it just wasn't. And I'm, I mean, I know myself because like, I think I was just trying to force the knowledge in when it would have come, but I just wasn't giving myself and I was just mm-hmm. panicking. Yeah. So it, my learning was going a bit wrong. Anyway, so they took it. I mean, at the, the school I was at, a lot of the kids went to Oxford and Cambridge. I knew I wasn't going there, but at the same time, I wasn't being encouraged either. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we had a careers meeting and oh God, this guy who was, who's, um, he was a careers counsellor. The guy was a disaster because yeah. he told, um, you know, told this Asian girl that she should go and open a shop, but she was she was very very good at genetics. Okay. She told an Irish girl not to join the police because you know associations with the IRA. That's what he told oh, her. So yeah. when I heard this, I thought, well, I don't know what he's going to tell me yeah. then. So anyway. I'll go there and he just goes, in a, in a nutshell, he told me to go to the lowest university because I'm black and that's if I should go at all. But really he recommends that I go and work in a factory, um, you Gosh. know, or, or at the very most yeah. sort of like auxiliary nursing. And I just thought to myself, yeah. I was steaming. I was yeah. livid. Yeah. And um, I remember walking out and I thought to myself I'm so angry I'm going to yeah. cry but like I can't yeah. cry in front of you I'm not giving no. you that power so anyway I was just like thanks and I walked out and then that day I was really dreading it because I was thinking God how am I going to tell my dad this do you know yeah, what I mean because he's going to think that I failed yeah um so anyway I walked <laughs> I walked seven miles home because I was just like oh my gosh you know I'm putting off the inevitable so anyway I got home and I told him and he just goes he just goes, do you want to leave that sixth form? And my heart just went, Whoa. I was like, yeah. Oh. 
and in recognizing that this is a, a, some external projection of who I am that has nothing to do with me and yeah. he's empowering me to actually yeah, yeah, break yeah. through this yeah he was so he's and I said yeah I do because I, I if I stay there I'm going to yeah. fail my mom wanted me to stay because like you know that school's one of the top schools in Nottingham yeah. Yeah. but um I was just like I can't stay there anymore because yeah. I am go- and I said I can't because I will fail yeah. I yeah. will fail and I'm not happy people are told you that it's gonna happen yeah I mean how am I gonna face these yeah. people every day so yeah. yeah I left and then it was so much better do you know what I mean so, so yeah. your achievement uh, as a professor it's an achievement for a whole community a whole generation of people that have put a little grains of big grains yeah, yeah. into but obviously it's your own individual achievement as well no because you, you've worked really hard and and you know professorships don't come cheap no. <laughs> they don't give them away with the, oh, they don't. <laughs> with the biscuit tins so no, no, no. i mean we both know what yeah. the process is like because yeah i mean that that's another story in itself yeah. but you know i have to also give some give shout outs to like you know to to my cousins and you know like you know the the, the ladies in the family. I mean, I have a, four, a group of, you know, three. We we call ourselves the Rocking Ghana ladies uh-huh. and stuff <laughs> like that. You know, they've been so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, also colleagues here, like, you know, colleagues like yourself. Because when, remember, I don't know, when we had that conversation and stuff and I was just yes. like having an, one of my many meltdowns about yeah. this. So that had really helped me. Oh, um, you know, yeah. people like Tracy Reynolds, Professor Tracy Reynolds, because yeah. I came across her work just by accident. Uh-huh. So when I was doing my PhD and I and I saw it and I thought, oh, this is really interesting. And then some years later, I saw her on TV, yes. <laughs> which is just madness. But she was on BBC talking about something. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is this is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't think that I would ever meet her and stuff. And then the next minute, like she was coming here for an interview. I didn't see her at the interview. But when I saw her, I was like, oh, it's you. Yes, <laughs> it's you in the flesh. I was, I was like that. And, you know, we just clicked. And, you know, I, and one conversation I, well, I would, to this day, I will never, ever, ever forget having with her. So she came into my office and we were talking and stuff. And, um, you know, I, she said, oh, like, what do you want to do? And I said, look, I, I want to be, eventually I want to become a professor. But my next stage is that obviously I want to become a reader or that's what it was then it wasn't associate professor and she said I will to this day I will never forget it she just goes I've got your back just those just those I've got your back just those four words words. you know and it changed everything it it does really change when people believe in you when people kind of like say well of course Mm. of course you should do this Mm. and of course I I will support you so I think the the arrival of of Tracy Reynolds to this university was very important and it was really significant for for all of us now uh, women professors and we didn't have any role model before no, she came. No. We didn't have, uh, especially in our faculty, mm. there, there were several um, women professors. But if, and this is something that I've brought up in in other conversations, in which the model, the the role model of uh, a female professor was mm. until now someone that was generally very angry because mm. obviously she had to fight mm. a lot. Someone was that, that had, you know, that had adopted the, the, the certain masculine uh, approaches to power and to, uh, you know, collegiality or seniority. It was either that or someone who was really kind of into her own world, like a little mouse mm. that has achieved so many things mm. and no but one could deny. It, yeah. 
and no one could deny them the being a professor because she had achieved all these mm. things the, quietly. So mm. it, it was very difficult before Tracy came here for us to understand, oh, actually, we can be senior academics. Yeah. And uh, you can keep it mean, real. Yeah. And it means that we can also have our interests outside of uh, academia or bring them in mm-hmm. into academia. And Absolutely. I think you've really succeeded in, in bringing mm. the, the other facets of your personality and of your, you know, this prism and <laughs> amazing, fantastic prism of personality that you have into well, the you. role <laughs> and, and change, transform a little bit our working relationships. No, so. thank you. Thank you. I mean, honestly, she's, I mean, I think I was saying this morning that I think I've been blessed with the people mm-hmm. that I work with as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, as I say, there's yourself, there's quite a lot of people in your school, you mm-hmm. know, yourself, you know, Stacy, um, yeah, Louise, fantastic. um, Trudy, lots yeah. of really lovely people. Um, you know, and again, I, you know, with Tracy, honestly, I cannot thank my blessings enough yeah. that she came. And then also when she was in the sociology team, I was like, yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, because I think uh, it's really weird because I'd been um, um, a, a lecturer for nine years. I, I won't go into the story about why that happened and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but I wasn't necessarily getting the support mm-hmm. that I was, you know, but then, you know, I became a senior lecturer. And then I never forget as well when we had the um uh the 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 thing for the associate professors mm-hmm. again you know that email that comes through from, from Sharon so i think it must have been in like sort of early november in 2018 and it came through i opened it i saw that the thing was like all them pages and yeah. i let it go into draft because i was like i'm not doing yeah. this and <laughs> within 15 minutes Tracy sent me an email and I was just like, oh, she wants me to do this. <laughs> I, 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 I just thought, I know what's coming yeah. here. And she just goes, hi, Louise. <laughs> like, you know, I think you yes. should go for this. I was just like, and then she said, oh, can you come and have a conversation? So I was just yeah. like, oh, God, you know, yeah. it's, it's almost. And then she yeah. just, the, when I got in the door, she just goes, I knew you wouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. I forwarded it to you. So I was like, OK. So yeah. she just goes, just get a draft of it. And so I did it and and stuff. And then, you know, she told me what I needed to change and everything. Then I changed it and I got it. Yeah. And then also it Amazing. was the same with this as well. But, like you know, yeah. apart from that, she's it's almost like having a nicer older sister. You yes. know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's, it's like having a nicer older sister around um and also you know there's her there's Jane the the two Janes as well because yeah. I think they're very inspiring because obviously they've come up they've come mm. up and I'm just thinking gosh okay well if they can do it so can yeah. I and I think you know. it, that, that's it's important the role model but also important when you know not not to pay lip service to diversity and it's not no. just about seeing different colours and I mean not just skin colours but also like clothes colours yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. shoe colours hair colours what are you trying to say <laughs> yeah but uh, I wish uh, listeners could see you because you're as always amazingly coordinated <laughs> <laughs> the um, orange guys, the orange <laughs> in orange shoes, uh, clothes, hair. But um, it's seen, yeah, the different calls in terms of yeah, different personalities, mm. different life experiences, different uh, ways to approach uh, the uh, relationships, and this way we can all learn and bring a little bit of it out. And feeling the odd one out constantly it is 
you're constantly having to reaffirm that that is all right. And I guess you know the, you this your life experience going into such a you know an academic world that it's also very rigid mm. and very kind of um, compartmentalized. You do research or you do teaching or you do and you do it yeah, this way and this is the, the way yeah. yeah and this is the way to, to go up the yeah, scale yeah. with all these metrics and all mm. that I mean so, it, I think the thing don't get me wrong the metrics are important and whether yeah. we like it or not they're there yeah. but I mean at the same time I think there's ways to sort of like achieve them without yeah. you know just like that yeah. you know if I've learned anything in the past couple of years and I think yeah. this is one thing that I really like that Jane has that both Janes have just kind of like brought to the table and Zoe and Cecile and you know Cecile's brilliant Elena's mm-hmm. fantastic as well yeah. and if she doesn't if if those two don't start going for a professorship I'm going to be like a yes. devil anyway yes. but we, I mean we're being a, 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 a thorn into some of our f- a, a female colleagues telling them yeah. when are you applying I, we're doing the Tracy now yeah kind of like amplified I yeah. think yeah I think we should you know double yeah. prong approach yeah. I think yeah. yes <laughs> but um but no in all seriousness um you know like again they've brought a different you know like a softer vibe and stuff like that and I think this is what is bringing, you know, mm. I mean, you know, some some other good people. I mean, there's, yeah. you know, John Morton's great. Um, I'm of sure course. Maybe, um, and our, yeah, we have amazingly great, you know. encouraging male colleagues. Yeah. And, but, um, you know, but yeah. women. We're, anyway. Yeah. We're, we're talking. Yeah. yeah, we're talking about women. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, so having those people in sort of like leadership positions, it's kind of like taught me a lot. And I think it's just kind of brought things to be in a more sort of humanistic way and I did say to Jane Harrington this morning that thank you because like you know at the end I never again I never remember forget having a conversation with her two years ago when she first came and you know like we we went in her office had a drink we just talked about everything you know I was telling her what we were doing um, you know, and again, I said to her, like, oh, I, I want to become a professor in five years. And she just said no. <laughs> I was no. just like, ooh. And she just goes, no, <laughs> two years. Two and, years. And I was just yeah. said, I was, I was just like, oh, right, okay. And then I just didn't think anything of it. And then Tracy said it again. And I was just like, yeah. so wow. I think, have you two yeah. been talking? Yeah. Anyway, but, you know, so I think, it, I think it's just... It's just amazing just to have, you know, these lovely yeah. people around. So what this does around. to organisations, it is real. Mm. It is real that having other people at the table mm. trickles down, but it, it has to go faster. Yeah. And it has to. Yeah. So well, how do you see your own role now that you are, obviously, you, you know, we we all were doing amazing jobs yeah, before we got the title. But mm. uh, as once one gets the title, it's true that it gets listened to. We have more platform. We have more, um, you know, more some people that didn't take us seriously before do. So how do you see now your responsibility as, a, you know, the most senior academic uh, or an academic in the most, there's nothing beyond professor in academic terms. So how okay. do you see your responsibility then towards um, all these amazing colleagues that we've been mentioning that? I mean, supporting them so yeah. that they get there as well, because I think at the end of the day, like, I don't know. Is as like we say in, and I'm and I'm sure it's the same like in other communities as well. But like it's that thing of like you know each one teach one. So you don't like or you don't get on the boat and then pull up the draw. You don't. There's no drawbridges on boats. Pull yeah. up the steps yeah. so that people can't. No yeah. one else gets on. You don't yeah. do that. Do you no. know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's about bringing other yeah. people along. So that's one of the things. I mean, I think also with with students because I read a really interesting thing a couple of years ago 
And he was talking about, for example, black and minority ethnic students. They were always just sort of like many of them kind they they probably go on and do their masters but they wouldn't stay in academia mm-hmm. because they didn't see people that looked like them and i'm just thinking to myself okay now that now now we can flip the switch a bit here yeah. because i'm just thinking okay if i've come so i spent the first couple of years I'd, i always tell everyone this and i'm not ashamed of it but i spent the first couple of years of my life on a very interesting housing estate <laughs> Basically, this place. Do you know what? Do you know Joyriders? No. Okay. <laughs> so Joyriders are people who nick cars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they hot wire cars, and they yeah. and you know. So where I lived, um, we were on the national news. Okay. <laughs> for, for, for Joyriders. Joyriders. Yeah, because like you know, we're, so I spent three years there, and like we were on the night. So it's the news used to come on at nine o'clock, and we saw these people just driving, stole these cars, and yeah. just were driving down my old street. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Um, so you know, it's a very interesting thing. So I'm just thinking. So it's not just my ethnicity, but it's also like you know my class background mm-hmm. and my gender as well. So and I also have a disability. So like if if I have all these things, and I'm not yeah. going to say they go against me because I don't. Yeah. I, I don't think they do, but um. You know, if somebody like me can make it, I yeah. would like to think that, okay, well, there are other people yeah. um, that can do it as well. Because I see so many students, so many, so many bright students who, and the thing is as well, it's like some of them don't, they, they won't mention a peep in class. And I'm just like, mate, yeah. you know what? You're very, very intelligent. Yeah. Why are you not talking? Yeah. Like, you know, you go around in the mm. seminar groups, I'm like, you just said an amazing yeah. point. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, do you yeah. want to share that with the point? No, I don't no, want to no. say anything. <laughs> and I'm just, but like, they're so bright. And I'm just thinking, well, you lot could be amazing in academia. And also, like, that generation, I see that they change. They're, they're, mm. they're shaking a lot of stuff up. So, like, when you've got that, you've got that intelligence and then, you know, like, that kind of, like, strength of social activism, they could do some amazing things. But it's just that... Mm-hmm. You know, so they need to see more of people like myself, yeah. people like you, people like Tracy, people like Elena, you know, just coming up into these positions and then just like, yeah, you know what, yeah. if they can do it, then so can yeah. we, you know. Yeah. And in a way, find find that what you do is interesting. And, you know, because that that's the other point, uh, you know, we are lecturers, we have to transmit some knowledge, but mm. our role as well is to make sure that we we don't have they don't have to aspire to be us obviously yeah. but they but have they to find that what we do is interesting as well because yeah. otherwise how are we going to get the brightest and we're going to especially for example in law how am I going to prevent that my students want to just cross the bridge <laughs> to go to Canary Wharf and so the smartest ones uh, mm. will go there instead of uh, staying at this side of the river yeah, you I, know. Know, I know but you know what they say about Anyway, I'm not going to say, no, 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 no. But I mean, the thing is, it's yeah. just like they just got yeah. it. Like, you're right. They've yeah. got to keep it real. But yeah. then sometimes it's not just, I think what you said earlier on about, you know, like academics or people in certain careers and everything, and that there's often just a certain kind of persona mm. on the way that you appear and all this, that, and, you know, that, and that you have to have a certain look. And I'm just like... No, because you know, there's a, there's a. Um, I, I always do this. I'm so sorry, but it, I can't help it. Um, you know, like there's a sociologist, uh, Anthony Giddens. You may have heard of him. Yes. Yeah. So, Ant- so Anthony Giddens, he kind of talks about this reflexive project of the self, and I identify with that in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. In the sense that you know, like it took. 
I, I was always, you know, you talk about outsiders and stuff like that. I look back at my life, I think I was always an outsider. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, you know, it was only sort of like in my late 20s, early 30s that I began to sort of really embrace that. And that was mm-hmm. through my reflexive project of myself mm-hmm. because I was understanding my past. I was understanding where it is that I'm going and stuff. And the thing is, it wasn't just in terms of what I did. It was in terms of how I speak, in terms of the clothes that I wear, in terms of my hair, just everything. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So... I always say that to my students, well, to to any student, that just like be yourself, just be yourself. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. If you want to come to, to uni with like 25,000 tattoos across your face, fine. Yeah. I will teach you. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Because I'm interested in what you think. Yes. I want to know And what yeah. you're going to say. Yeah. You know, And probably your experience of uh, having had 25 tattoos can well, also till, till <laughs> teach me something. Oh, yeah. I'm still considering which I do my next one. I, yeah, no, do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so. Uh, I know that you also have um, uh, in, uh, very uh, important work that you do outside academia mm. and uh, you've, um, I think it was uh, uh, recently that you um, uh, participated in the comments, in a comments debate on rare illnesses. Mm. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yeah. that work too? Sure, sure. And actually, that's good. That's a very good segue. But yeah, yeah so um, in 2006, actually, I was, a, was the first year of my PhD, I got very, very ill with this illness called thrombotic thrombocytopenia. Is it thrombo? Yeah, thrombocytopenic pupura. So to cut a long story short, yeah. it's a blood disorder. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Your oxygen's not flowing properly. Your blood's not flowing properly. Mm-hmm. You, you know your kidneys are failing. It was it was not oh, nice. nice. It was yeah. it was not nice. Anyway, and to, um, I knew I was ill for a while and everything, but then I collapsed in Lewisham Market one day and stuff. My sister rang me up with some really bad news about one of my uncles and stuff, oh, yeah. and yeah, and then I collapsed and they took me to the police station. Oh, anyway, really? Instead of the in Lewisham emergency. In Lewisham, and I'm black, and yeah. I collapsed. They were assuming that probably you you, you were on drugs or something, yeah. you know? instead anyway, of assuming there was some kind of medical emergency. No, but anyway, no, but thankfully, you know. Yeah. So anyway, cut long story short, about three weeks after that, um, you know, I was really, really ill, and then my doctor said to me that like, you have to go to the hospital, and I was mm-hmm. just like, I can't. I've got a few, I've got to go to my uncle's funeral. She said, No, go to the hospital mm-hmm. now. So I went to the yeah. hospital. You know, my iron was really low. Just, mm-hmm. just everything was wrong, and I had all these like um, bruises all over my face, all over my body, and everything. And I was, and then like you know, I was having all these tests, and I was thinking, Oh my god, it might be leukemia. Oh, no. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. thought, I thought, you know, I'm yeah. on my last yeah, legs right. and everything. Um, and then thank, thankfully, they found out that's what it was mm-hmm. that it was TTP. And then they were just, and you know, that I, I felt very bad for my mum that day because I thought she, she thought she was going to lose me. Do you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. when I got to, they took me to guys in St. Thomas's because that was only one of the, one of the very few, few centers in the UK that, that, that treated people in it and stuff. So I went straight into intensive care mm-hmm. and, um, Yeah, and then the doctor just came and said to me that, like, you know, you need to tell your family to keep the phones on because, you know, you might not see Sunday because this was a Friday night when I got oh sent gosh, in. So you, know, you might not so live scary. out the weekend. Yeah. So that was actually scary. Oh. And then the two people aside, there was three other people in that room and two of them died. And I was just like, you know, I, this can't be me. I'm coming out of here alive, yeah. you know. Yeah. So anyway, um, so I came out a month later um, and then, you know, just got back. And, you know, touch wood, I've been in remission. So yeah. um, I've been trying to do quite a bit of awareness raising since then. 
And, you know, in 2020, I we heard from, I th- I, we heard, and I can't remember where we heard it from, but um, that they were closing down some of the centres because it is a rare illness. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think if you don't have these treatment centres, we're going to be in trouble because, you know, the, the diagnostics of it, it's gotten yeah. so much better than it was even when I was ill, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, more and more people are being diagnosed, but they they're just... They were closing down the centre. So now I think even in London, it's not guys in St. Thomas's anymore. They've moved us over to um, UCLH. Um, Liverpool, I think there's one and there's one in the south, but the rest of them, they, they wanted to close them down. So we went to Parliament to sort of say that, you know, this is why we don't think that it won't, we need to... We need to try to keep these places open yeah, and everything. Yeah. So we went into went and took part in a debate then. Um, you know, I also engaged with one of the consultants that looked a shout out to Professor Beverly Hunt. She she looked after me. But you know, she consulted with us as well. And then I've also been doing this work with this foundation. It's called AOFAC because um basically the woman that chairs it, her daughter died of TTP as well. Mm. Um so yeah, Sorry. every year we do we do like, you know, awareness raising stuff and incidentally tomorrow is TTP awareness day. So Okay, well, I'll be big shout out. No, thank yeah. you. So, like, my face is going to be around the world again. Fantastic. Yeah. So, so last well, year I was the global face of um, TTP. So t- tomorrow that's fantastic. I'll be doing the same well, thing. So to have your face around is always a joy. So <laughs> thank you. But then you said that this happened the first year of your PhD, and um, yeah. what did it have any impact on your PhD or your? commitment to do it or your own no 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 I mean so I was at a certain university which I won't name but I, it just wasn't for me but um so no so what happened was I just left there and sometimes as well you know you know when it's not it wasn't a very nice thing but like sometimes these things are a wake-up call is yeah. you know so so I moved here I moved mm-hmm. here to do my PhD and everything so I, I started um part-time and then I I did two years part time, and then I went I got a part time permanent job here, and then I went full time, and then yeah, and then I finished in so that's two thousand six, and then I finished submitted in twenty ten in November twenty ten. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm a stubborn cow, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. Well, we of course so uh, very grateful that you moved. No, thank that, you, and that you're here. So, what are your plans then for you? You have a new position now in the mm. faculty, mm. Um, as director of student experience. Is that a student? yeah? Yeah. So, yeah. associate dean for student success. Oh yeah. So, but I mean, that's kind of in there yes. anyway. So, fantastic. Associate dean for student success, mm-hmm. much better than a student experience because mm-hmm. we want our students to have a good experience. Experience, but we will. do want to uh, for them to succeed. Yeah, yeah. So, so what are your plans for this? How do you um, uh, plan to approach this concept of a student success, and what what does it look like okay. to have uh, student success for a university beyond the numbers and the employability <laughs> results? Do you know what I mean? I, I think for me, I, I want to really understand students' experiences before they came here, because I feel like if I know what or we know what that is then we can then sort of like you know use that to inform what we do to help them inform in terms of teaching and learning and Jane Roscoe you know brilliant fantastic right because you know she's just like I want to see you use your student stories mm-hmm. um as you know because she she's bless her she's just sort of oh gosh that sounds a bit but anyway 
um, you know, she's just kind of like been promoting it everywhere and stuff like that. And I said to her that, yeah, I want to do a student stories project so that, you know, like I can understand the student's experience and then use that to inform the policies. Because you're right, the data is important. But like at the same time, if we don't understand what's going on behind the data, nothing's going to change. Exactly. And maybe that's me my storytelling and yeah. being too much of a qualitative sociologist and stuff mm-hmm. like that and just this liking to understand people but that's how I believe that you know that that's how I believe change will happen and I think it fits into that whole idea about universities without boundaries so that's one thing I want to do um I also want to sort of like work with staff who want to work with me in order to be, no actually no I'm going to be you know I'm just going in there anyway yes. but you know I just I just <laughs> I'm want to make a staff work uh, want to work with me yeah, yeah. I'm going to be like you know there's yeah. um, what do you call the whack-a-moles that keep yeah. popping up anyway um, you know I want to work with staff to be able to make that student but then also I mean I'm not anybody's line manager but I'd, I I always quite like to sort of like share things that I've been through and stuff like that. Then just to show that okay, it's not just it's not just you. It's it, I've been through this as well, and you mm. know this is how I coped with. It. I'm not saying you have to do this, but uh, you know like this may be one way that you might want to think about because I this morning um, I think it was Oscar that said that like you know if staff are happy, then students are happy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Okay, yeah. And I think. Because one one thing I observe, and it's not just here, I think it's just in academia anyway, that I think there's a lot of unhappy people. Yes. Um, And I think part of that is because they've lost their soul. Yeah. You know, that sounds really deep, doesn't it? Yeah, but, but so, yeah. Where where did the soul go? And and to what extent this is, it grinds you so much mm. that you're like, forget kind of like why you wanted to be an academic and intellectual, you know, a a teacher. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's not just in this, it's not just in this career. I mean, I know somebody very close to me and stuff who's also in the legal profession and stuff like that. I mean, it's happening across the board. Yeah. yeah, And and everything that has public, some kind of public uh, uh, role, Mm. teachers, health, medical staff, everybody, care staff. They're losing the will to, I mean, Because he, I mean, very, very highly paid and stuff like that. I mean, and I remember her sort of like laughing at me because of the way that I was and all this, that and the other. And then, you know, when she said, oh, um, you know, like, I hope after getting myself into all this debt, I hope this is what I want to do. And then like not so long ago, I had a very long conversation with her. And now she's saying she doesn't want to do that anymore. And this Mm -hmm. is what I would hate to see happening here because that then translate that that eats away at their soul and then it'll eat away at, you know the people the students and the people they're working with and all this that and the other so I just think you know like if if I'm I, I want to be sort of like someone that anyone could just kind of come and have a conversation with mm-hmm. if they're stuck with anything and if I can support but um so yeah you know, student getting getting student stories out to try and change policies. Obviously, you know, if we if we can do this, then you know it can support things like the NSS. Um, you know, the BAME awarding issue. You know, I don't like the G word. Mm-hmm. So again, because I mean, it's very interesting, sort of like talking to people about how they see that yeah. and everything. And I'm just trying to sort of like steer people away from blaming students because and and blaming that that oh they become they come from this background or yeah. no this that, and the other. I'm trying to stay a pe- you know, and also highlight. I wanted to see again, you know, stories of role models of success because so many of our BAME students do brilliantly. Do you know what I mean? But I don't feel like we're hearing yeah. those stories yeah, enough. We have enough visibility. So, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think for me they're the two sort of like key priorities really 
Yeah, that sounds very exciting, and we're we're really looking forward to to your three years. It's three years, yeah. right? Um, no, I think it's permanent. Oh, it's permanent! Oh, that's amazing. That's yeah, even yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can have an even longer uh, experience of change. Yeah, yeah. Age another twenty five years. Yeah, years, but hey, you know. And so, and and one last point that I always like to discuss, and you've um, you've uh, mentioned there a little bit in terms of like you know this the different we're not doing this for the money obviously because mm. if we were in my case yeah I'll be a practicing lawyer probably <laughs> uh, like uh, your friend but um, yeah there's, there's a significant pay gap and this is uh, both a gender and an ethnic pay gap is not it's very clear in gender to my uh, because it's much more com- for me it's much more salient in terms for example I there's um, three male professors in my four male professors in my mm. school I'm the only female professor mm. I don't know what the gender pay gap is per se I only have anecdotal evidence yeah, because it's not it transparent yeah. and uh, so and this tends to happen that when we get to you know when we get promoted to professor we're so excited about being promoted to mm. professor that you're not thinking uh, actually and you're also like your salary goes up and you're like mm. oh my god that's the first time I've earned this but you're not thinking um, wait a minute um, well how does this relate to what my male colleagues uh, uh, get or how does this relate overall to the sector mm. etc so um, yeah do you, do you have you thought about the gender pay gap that you might and the, and then is the added mm. element or layer to what extent there is a um, ethnic background pay yeah. gap as well I mean I, I obviously I do know that there is obviously there's going to be a significant pay gap and stuff and I think this is a thing across most areas um I remember I think it was in 2018 and stuff and there was this thing on BBC One and they were saying that like you know between particularly women they looked at it across all sectors and it was like a 43% pay rise Mm. between and then when you sort of like start to break it down within and between ethnic groups and then there's another issue as well so you know I'm I'm aware of that um I I, I think you know f- for me it's n- never really been about the money I mean I'd, I'd probably say something very very different if I couldn't pay my bills and stuff like that yeah, of course. I'm, I'm to be honest with you I mean but for me I think it's just like, you know, my love of the job and my love of the people yeah. around me and stuff like that. So I think that's the thing for me. But, you know, I, I do, I, I think the thing is like, you know, people above us are aware of the, the pay gap and everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think we're in a place now whereby there is a, a want for change. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I, I see this, for example, in terms of the race um, action plan. I see this in terms of the BAME awarding issue. I see this in terms of employability and stuff like that. So I do think that, you know, there is, there is like, uh, what's that word? There's a word for change. I can't remember what it is. But like, you know, there is there is a thirst for change the, and stuff like yeah. that. And that it will, you know, yeah. like Jane, Jane Roscoe, Jane, mm-hmm. Jane Harrington, yeah. stuff like that. They all look into it and just try yeah. to do what they can about it because I think you know they 
I sense that, you know, they want people to be feeling positive about what they yeah. do and stuff like that. I mean, and it's nice that we got that thousand pounds awards and stuff like that. I'm thinking I'm going to buy a bed with that. Anyway, because <laughs> my bed is just... Anyway. Um, See? And some more trainers. Anyway. Some more trainers, yeah. definitely. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think, you know, they, they'll def there will be yeah. change and stuff. I mean, and, yeah. you know, as in most sectors, it may be slow, but yeah. I think you will see it. You will see. I'll I'll keep the momentum because, uh, as you know, in every single public meeting that Mm. I can, I always bring it up. And personally, I, I, of course, uh, welcome that uh, there is this commitment, Mm. but uh, there is a commitment to close it by 2030. We also have to address climate change by 2030. I'd rather be paid from now to 2030, the same as my male colleagues. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I mean, the thing thing is, at least there's a vision, because I think, and again, I won't, I mean, I've been in... I was once in a meeting, I won't, it wasn't here, but I was once in a meeting where, you know, this was being discussed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was an external and stuff. And then somebody said, and it just, just burnt me, this is, it really, really, really burnt me. But like, it was another woman professor and, you know, she wasn't interested in the pay gap. And then she was saying things like, oh, you know, I only... I only employ men because women are going to go and have babies and all this, that and the other. And I'm just thinking to myself, you just said this on a screen. So like everybody's heard you, do you know what I mean? 21st century. Eight years ago, you know. Yeah. So she, you know, like, thankfully, you know, we don't, have that here I mean I don't think that that is going to run at all and stuff like that so there is a commitment if there wasn't a commitment I would be worried yeah I would I'd I'd be like "Mm," yeah I'll still push 18 years for you know if I get the 20 30 grand gap Mm. that I know exists with some of my colleagues Mm. for 18 years I can buy a whole house and a very beautiful one and a lot of trainers. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but, no, yeah. Well, you say that. Yeah. You say that. I mean, yeah. I, I don't spend thousands yeah. on trainers, but <laughs> I was very shocked the other day when I was listening to this pro, I think it was dispatches and some, they were yeah. interviewing someone across in East London and stuff like that. Yeah. And they were saying that they were paying these like, Four thousand pound trainers, and I was like, "Oh, not yeah. me, not me, no. not me." But, <laughs> but you know, yes. <laughs> closer paid back, we can yeah. get some trainers. Whoops. Yes, <laughs> we'll spend it. And fortunately, anything we want and we can and we need. Yeah. So, so fantastic, Luis. This is this is so great to to talk to you. It's Thank always you. great to talk to and you. Likewise, but, uh, likewise. Thank you so being much. Being able to to do it here and to to that we we're going to be able to share this with others and and empower and encourage mm. and uh, and show others a little bit of who we are as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's the key thing. I mean, if they can hear these podcasts and so yeah. maybe it will be an in- inspiration. But yeah. I think, you know, me and you, we need to form a coalition and, yes. you know, like a double-pronged approach with yeah. some of our colleagues. So what, what do we tell our colleagues that are now looking at that form? That is so daunting. The bloody well, like, form. You, see, you know what I've been doing? <laughs> yeah. I've been just like posting mine and just yeah. saying here darlings and yeah. you know just we do I just yeah. afford it to so many people yeah. yeah and then it's just like every time I, you know I, this will tell you one little story but when I was little and stuff like that and 
I was going to nursery and I'd, I'd been registered in nursery and then I just kept going on and on and on and on. I drove my dad around the bend. <laughs> and this is what I'm going to do again. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to do it again. So it's just like yeah. every time I see them, oh, hi, you know, oh, yeah. you know that the, the applications yeah. have come out now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I've just sent you mine. I'll ask it, yeah. I can send it again. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to read your application. Yeah, I always yeah. say, send me a draft. And it's yeah. like, oh, I'm not considering. Just I'll read your draft, which means you have yeah, to go yeah. on for Let, your draft. I'll read it. I mean, just get yeah. it to me by yeah. Sunday, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm just going to be like a thorn in everybody's yeah. side. So Good. I think we, we need to coordinate and think how we can be double thorns. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I think that it's a great, <laughs> great idea. Let's let, finish yeah. in that high point of uh, Louise and Olga being double thorns. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. For all the um, uh, women academic in uh, in Greenwich, but also uh, beyond. beyond. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You go girls. You go girls. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Bye, Louise. Thank Bye. you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bye. Olga. Take care.